episode yeah, 79, dude. Brownsville, Brooklyn's finest government officials. Low life soldier, DV alias Christ in the fucking building. What's good, man? What's good, gang? Yo, it's, this is a pleasure. This is long overdue. We, we chopped it up a couple times on the phone, but I'm glad we're doing this. And uh, so thank, yeah. you for jo- thank you for joining us. Nah, shit. Thank you for having me. Word. Of course, of course. Uh, a couple things real quick. If you guys got questions for DV, please use the questions feature below as a question mark. That way I can pull it up and we can um we can discuss it. Okay. What's going on, my genius? Yeah, look at look at the people up in here. Big up. Yeah, those are the drum dealer. Um and yeah, don't get on any fuck shit in the comments, so I'll block you. So that's that's all. So <laughs> you know how it is, man. So um, yo, this is a pleasure for me, man, because um You've been around for a minute, and 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 like, but I, I saw some. I saw a build you had with Eclipse, and it's like he echoes some of the same sentiments. Sentiment. I was thinking like, I see you, and I didn't see you, and I see you, and I didn't see you, and stuff like that. So, right. Honestly, man, like, I, I I really respect your music, respect your style, respect a lot of things about you, and so I wanted. I really want to take this time to like, a give you your flowers for 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 carving out your lane in this shit and, and being a part of this shit for so long and, and we're gonna get in all that and be for um you know for I wanna take this time for you to really share your story, you know what I'm saying, as we as we get through this. So so I think that's important. So I just wanted to share that for you before we before we set it off. Um my story is long as fuck. <laughs> well let's let's go let's well, let's go back. I mean I mean I I'll I'll lead you. Let's I always like to know, you know what I'm saying, as far as where where cats are, where cats are from in terms of how they grow up? That's always just some intriguing shit to me. So let's let's right. go back to Brownsville. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's go back to Brownsville as a young lad. Um, yeah, Brownsville. <laughs> my my first introduction to the hood, you know, because we were on Strauss and Saratoga. We lived across the park from my grandmother. And then we wind up moving up the hill to uh, Herkimer. It was on Herkimer between uh, Gunther and, and, and Marconi. And um, that block that I lived on, you know, there was a, a, set of, a set of individuals called GP, which is Gunther Posse. And they was pretty ruthless on my, on my block. Like, I would look out the window and I would see niggas like Hawk, you know what I'm saying? They used to run with Big Daddy Kane and Kane and all these niggas would be on my block, you know what I'm saying? Like, it would look like a paid in full move, a video shoot or some shit, like, just like, like, niggas was getting money on my block. This was block. like, wait, like, put in perspective as far as year was. This was like 80, this was like 87, 88. Oh, prime no, but like between eighty six and eighty eight. Oh, that's the that's the get money era right there. That's the, that's, the, yeah. that's prime get money. We you know. Yeah, niggas was wearing gas jean suits and and shit in the New Balance, the five seventy fours and shit. You know what I'm saying? Back like when? Yeah, the damage and you know, like Carl Canal just broke on the scene. You know, like after the eighty eight, like eighty nine, ninety shit. Then this shit got hot, but. Yeah, man, like, so my block had beef with a lot of with a lot of niggas, so it wasn't too far you could actually go 
you know, unless you just fuck with just different niggas, you know what I'm saying? Right, so right, right, right. we, I just got along with everybody. And then my school, my junior high school, 271, all everybody that was rivals to niggas on my block went to my school, but I wound up being cool with everybody. You know what I'm saying? Just by default. Right, right, so right. long story short, um, I decided to go to the park because I just got my flat top all shaped up and my man Merv let me hold his polo goose, the 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 yellow with the blue and the polo USA going down the yep, arm. Yep. I was feeling myself. So I, I said, I'm gonna go to the park and see if there's some some chicks in the park. So I go to the park and I see three niggas dancing and Dapper Dan uh Dapper Dan um um Gucci velour suits. And I'm standing there and I'm looking Cause I was on some dancing shit, hard body too. So I'm looking and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, who the fuck is that? So lo and behold, it was smooth trigger and they boy Gotti dancing in the park. So later the next day I went to school, I see trigger, you know, sitting on the bleachers with some chicks. So I walk over to him and, uh, you know, I said, yo man, I seen the, you you and some dudes dancing in the park. He's like, yeah, it's my brother and my cousin. I said, yeah, I remember them steps. He said, let me see. So I did them shits. Dong, 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 dong. He get off the off the bleachers and did the shits with me. And it was like if we knew each other for years, how syncopated we was. The dance teacher that was in the gymnasium, her name was Miss Baker, God bless the dead. She paired me and him together to choreograph a 60 class, a 60 group class of, of dancers for a tournament in IS-275. And we, 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 you know, choreographed the steps in one first place. And that was the birth of me and Trigger's relationship. Yo. So there's a couple of things there. One, it's always wonderful to hear when, when cats, you know what I'm saying? Because when we think hip hop now, even me, automatically, we think rap music. That's what we just right. do, right? And when we understand, I mean, our shit is carrying the culture, so it's important that, like, a lot of cats came up in this shit. I came in as a b-boy. I came in dancing. A lot of cats came in as a, as dancers, graffiti writers, DJs, doing other shit. And so I, I just, I, I think it's dope that you just, that you highlighted highlighted that, you know what I'm saying? That, that, you know, Trigger these oh, cats, like, that's dope. Part of all the elements. I mean, for myself, like, I like I did graffiti, and, you know, I got busy with that shit, too. So, I like, I I literally been a part of all the elements except for DJing. I tried, but I was just like, I ain't had the patience for that me shit. Neither. Me neither. That's the learning curve is too. The learning curve for shit. DJing is fucking hard, man. <laughs> yeah, I, for me, and plus... My moms knew better than to buy me that equipment because I'd have drove everybody fucking crazy. So what she did was she bought me this radio. It's crazy because I had a one-up on everybody because none of my niggas had a radio in their room. So I had a radio. She bought me a radio that had two tape decks on it and a, and a turntable. And that's how I got hip to Mr. Magic and Stretching Barbito. So I was taping all of that shit and remembering niggas' raps and going to school and kicking them shits in school. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was kicking nine shit in school. Niggas thought it was mine. 
but I, I was I, I was hearing all the exclusive shit because none of my niggas had had radios in their room. Like yeah. no, like I was the only nigga on my <laughs> radio. This nigga was Nas for a minute. <laughs> I was, nigga, I was Nas like a motherfucker. Nigga, I was burning niggas with his raps. Who else was uh, you? <laughs> Cellar dwellers. I was, I was all them niggas. But you know what? Like, that's, that was in my dancing phases. Like, I wasn't even on no rap shit like that. I was straight dancing, getting busy. Like, me smooth, me smooth and trigger. Like, we was deadly. Then we formed a, a larger set of niggas called the Guest Riders. Which you know encompassed my brother, my cousin, and 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 then a few of our, our other homies from Atlanta, and then we joined some shit called the All Star Talent Show, and we was winning first place every fucking time we danced. But our shit was hood, cause it was like picture picture Wu Tang on some dancing shit. It's like right. that's what I'm that's niggas. what's going through my mind right now. Yo, my nigga, it was like 20 niggas on the stage, 20, 30 niggas. And then we on we we doing our dance routines doing like jitterbugging and aerodynamic shit mixed with like street dancing. And motherfuckers was like they was thinking we was gonna drop each other on our fucking heads because all of the shit we was throwing each other over each other's shoulders and doing all kind of crazy shit. So one day. Smooth decided to implement, because he always was nice with the rapping. Smooth been nice since 10 years old. I swear to God, Smooth was nice since, I knew that nigga since he was 10. Like, I, like that nigga always been nice. I swear to you. So he decided that he wanted to pick up the mic in one of the talent shows on performances that we did. So we danced. And he grabbed the mic and rapped while we danced behind him, and we killed it. We wound up winning the first place in the dance and in the rap, and it caused a riot. We fucking niggas up and all kind of shit. Those niggas was mad that we won in both categories. Smooth caught the bug and was like, you know what? I ain't dancing no more. I'm rapping. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, we at the top of our game. We were talking about you not dancing no more. So Trig was like, well, fuck it. I ain't dancing no more either. And I'm like, oh, you niggas is killing me. Because I'm like, I'm not no fucking rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you talking about? So it was like, nah, look. I'm going to write you and Trig a rap. And then I'm going to show y'all niggas. And then y'all write your own shit. And let me see which. Like, he always was, like, testing to see, you know, right. how skillful niggas was. So he wrote our first rap. This I don't was like remember. middle middle school, high school. When was this rap? Yeah, this was this was middle school. Okay, like 13, so, 14? Yeah. So right. I'm I'm I was thirteen at the time. Yeah, yeah, thirteen. So he wrote my shit. I kinda cause I always listened to rap. I was a video fanatic as a kid. So I watched videos all fucking day, hot tracks. You know, U62, you know, the U channel and shit. Yeah, like, yeah. I was on it. You know what I'm saying? Because my moms didn't really let me fuck with outside like that till I was a teenager. You know what I'm saying? So I was already hip to the rhythm patterns. So I was like, all right, cool. So I wrote my first rap. And my shit was like, what I said, like, K 
carry the hot sauce over the table. I never lost cause I call it a fable. So as I label myself as the guardian of funk, I'm like the gravy without the lumps and the humps cause I'm as smooth as a cool breeze to so get in your hands and knees. I'm like a beat. Uh, I stung you with my lyrical tongue so you swung and you missed. Some shit like that. You know uh, what I'm saying? So, uh, so I put that shit to smooth. Uh, and that nigga lost his fucking the, mind. I see the origins, I see the origins right yeah. there already. Yo, yo, he was going crazy, I, and and what that when he went crazy like that, him and Trey went crazy. I was like, I caught the bug. So one day, I just like because we all would have writing sessions in my brother crib on Pacific Street. We was, you know, we was a group called the Ruckus. It was smoother hustling the Ruckus. You know, we was like the Junior Mafia, quote unquote. So. Sometimes I had a hard time with writing around niggas, so I would go upstairs in my brother's room and write my rap separately and come downstairs and kick my shit. Mm. So one day I decided, you know, let me, you know, because this is around ill and out scratch and, you know, all that shit that was out at the time. And I was like, you know what? I should sing my fucking rap. And I sang my shit, and I came downstairs, and I kicked it for niggas, and everybody was looking at me like I was a fucking alien. And at that point, I didn't know if I did something right or wrong. So now we go down to audition for DR, period, because DR was like the Quincy Jones of the fucking hood. Everybody, if you wanted to get on, most cases, you had to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? So... We go down and we audition for him, and he loved it. He loved what the fuck we did. We had our little two songs, Footsteps and City Where the Sun Don't Shine. Smooth helped us with the hook for City Where the Sun Don't Shine. And um, I think me and Trey came up with Footsteps hook. But then, so fast forward, I'm in my brother crib. I got DR numbers, and I called him because I had an idea for a remix for Footsteps. So I'm singing this shit to him over the phone, and he was like, cut me off in mid-sentence. It was like, yo, that shit you was doing at the studio, that should be your style. I was like, what? I'm like, I don't know, because, you know, singing singing get frowned upon at this stage of the game. So me trying to especially, sing it rap. Especially during that time. So I'm yeah, like, I'm like... You trying to get me killed. You know what I'm saying? This is like KRS one throwing PM PM Dawn off the fucking stage. So I'm thinking like that. I'm like, I don't know, DR. Like he's like, trust me. Come down to the studio and you know, come fuck with me. So I hesitated because you know, we were selling drugs big time in the streets, so we was getting money. And I really wasn't trying to hear too much of that shit too much at first. And then um, the spot got, one day he told me to come down to the studio and I went, and when I went, the spot got raided. And I was like, oh, shit. So he was, I was like, look, man, this shit fucking up my bread. That nigga was like, yo, look, you come down to the studio, you go to school, you come down to the studio, I'll, 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 I'll take care of you, I'll look out for you. And nigga would give me 200 at like every week for my pocket. I went to school. I come down to the studio. Sometimes I sleep in the studio because I've lived on my own since I was 15. So I had my own apartment in the pink houses at like 14, 15 years old. So I was taking myself to school like I was a grown ass man at 15. So 
I didn't have to worry about if I slept in the studio or not. My mom's lived in Queens. I was in Brooklyn, so she wasn't telling me what the fuck to do. Like, I was doing what I wanted. So I'm sleeping in the studio. I'm watching this nigga make every beat you could think of. I saw him make every fucking beat for anybody. From M.O.P. to to, to fucking, uh, what's that record he did for A.Z. and... and and Nas, I mean, AZ and Nas. Da, 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 boom, oh, boom. I forgot yeah, the name of it. I know the one you're More talking. money, more money, more homicide. D.I. Perry had paid you to go to school and go to the studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He took. He looked out for me because he didn't want me to keep going to sell drugs. He was like, yo, you got a talent. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to hold you down. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, I was like, all right, cool. You know, I ain't tell Smooth Trick nobody. I was just, just you know, just trying to find my way. And um, fast forward now, we working on Smooth album, and we we driving down to to uh to to the to the studio to record you know some joints for Smooth album, and we listening to Faith No Other Love. Do 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 do. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I had a song that I wrote called Ghetto. Ghetto, I can't be going nowhere. I'm trapped in the ghetto, the ghetto. You know what I'm saying? And it there was a part in my song where I'm like, think to yourself how it would be without the dollar bill, y'all. You fall against the line of prayer, I say. You know what I'm saying? And we kept singing that over that beat going down to the studio. So we sang the concept to DR. And he and D was like, that's hot. And he made the beat for Dollar Bill. So now this is where the rap singing shit started to come into play for me because this is a that time, you know, like you could punch in and punch out. Right, so right. he like, look, um, you're gonna rap eight bars and then I'm gonna punch you in and you're gonna sing the other eight. And I'm like, man, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm like, all right, I ain't want to challenge him. I tried it. And when I heard it back, I was like, this shit's crazy. <laughs> like he was on to something. And I was, he was like, look, trust me, practice this style. And you're going to be, you're going to be a fucking phenomenon. Mm. If so you learn how to rap and exchange without the punching, and I practiced that shit for months. And he showed me this technique where you put your hand over your nose and your ear. If you do it right now, you can literally hear yourself in your ear, true to sound. So that's how I mastered my tone. You know what I'm saying? DR's a fucking genius, I swear. Like, he, wow. this was, all the he was teaching me. And I was like, all right. And so, you know, now I'm, now we doing busts and all these songs. And I'm doing that shit. I'm rapping and I'm stopping and I'm singing it, you know. So the still, you know, now, you know, fast forward, I have a deal with Dev Jam and they don't understand what the fuck I am. Like, what are you? What, what are you? Because you cannot sing and rap. You have to choose one or the other. This is what Julie Greenwald had told me. And and I don't and and this is not the slander because you know I, I love Julie I love Leo I don't have nothing I don't really have nothing bad to say about them my 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 transition 
from Def Jam was smooth. I, I didn't get dropped. I had a loophole in my contract, and Leo gave me a parting, some parting cash, and he gave sent my mom some flowers and said to my mother, I know I'm going to regret letting him out of this fucking contract. Oh, shit. But in hindsight, he's not going to regret it because it's always greater later. You know what I'm saying? I just felt like being tied into uh, a situation that just had all this dead energy surrounded around it um, wouldn't have been best for me as an artist. It would have, I, I felt like going through the bullshit, going independent and just finding my way was just better for me, you know, but I hurtled on to that, but coming, you know, coming back to where I was at initially, they didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. Like they, cause you know, I'm in a marketing meeting and they like, well, tell us about you. I said, well, I'm 5%, you know, I'm God, you know, God body. And he's like, what the fuck is that? You know? And I'm explaining that to them. And, and I'm like, you know, well, I have knowledge yourself and, you know, I want to speak on matters of the world. And, you know, they looking at me like, this is going to be a problem. Now, meanwhile, you know, it, 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 and, and I mean this in all respect, you know, because I'm not anti-Semitic in no type of way. But I'm in a room full of Jews and my name is Christ. It's like, whoa, you know, it's like, what the fuck are we signing here? But, you know, Leo, I mean, Russell already approved this shit because we didn't had a, uh, a dinner with him at Tom's Cafe, you know, for like Broadway Lafayette, and he was in, like, he told me in Trigger, he was like, yo, I'm on you guys' dicks. I spit my food out of my mouth. I couldn't believe this nigga said this shit. What did he just say? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. Right, so I'm like, whoa. So, you know, Trig asked him, he was like, well, you know, what do you think about Christ? You know, like his name. He was like, oh, it's fucking amazing like that. Controversy sells, you know, like look at public enemy. Like he he, he didn't give a fuck. So, yeah, but you know, I, I, I definitely got challenged by Reverend Run. They, you know, Run DMC came down to DR studio and Run asked me, you know, uh, do you know what Christ means? <laughs> oh, shit. And I said to him, I said, yes, a person with many talents. I just kept it very simple. He said it means the anointed. And I said, well, Christ also means of the dead, too. You know, so we having an exchange. I said, just know I understand the cross I'm bearing, and I understand the responsibility that I have you know, with, you know, choosing this name, but sure. it's more, it's more metaphorical to who I am as an artist. You know, I'm, I'm Christ-like with this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he, and he left me alone. I actually sure. had a running like that with Easy Moby. I was in Essos and he grabbed me by my arm and shit. And it was like, why you call yourself Christ? Word. <laughs> Word. I wonder if he remember that shit. I forgot what I said to him because we was in passing to go on stage and shit, but yeah, man. I, like I, Yo. I have a very long, extensive... I know. That's, that's why I wanted to have you on. So, And, and, and people need to understand this because here's the thing. Our, our culture, our hip-hop shit, yo, is mostly oral, right? It's not 
a lot of shit wasn't written down and documented and stuff. And a lot of a lot of our people are passing. And there's a lot of people that were a part of this shit that people may not have known, whatever this and that, to certain degrees, that like right. have stories in this shit that are part that are were were integral parts of this shit. Like big twins made the made the shook ones beat happen because because Havoc was gonna trash it. Like people don't know that shit. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. these are the types of things that people need to hear. So to me, this is important, man. So I mean that's crazy you say that about Havoc because Havoc did a a, a track for me on, um on the project when I was signed to Dev Jam. Right. And how I got the track from Havoc, it was <laughs> this is the funniest fucking story ever. So we in a club. I forget what club it was. I think it was SO's. I think it was SO's or the Mirage. Right? I'm coming out the club. I I've always been a step to my business type of nigga. I don't give a fuck. I'm walking up on you. You know what I'm saying? So I walked up on him and I was like, yo, my name Christ. I want to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, he was like, yeah, but. When was, you know, when was this? This was like 90 shit. You said you was on Def Jam, right? Yeah, it was like 96, 97, somewhere in there. Between 95 and 97. All right. And uh, he looked at me and he was like, well, you know, you got to have a deal. And, 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 you know, Foxy out there, and I know Foxy because shit, Foxy came up with smoothing all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was a part of Ruckus. She was like the little camera Ruckus. Her name was AKA at the time, and she wore Pelly Pellies and fucking high-tech boots. What? You know what I'm saying? Like, she 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 was on some hardcore shit. She wasn't on... She didn't get on that shit till she met Kim. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was inspired by Kim, and she Foxy started... Foxy was always better than Kim to me. She started wearing all in one cat suits, Donna Karen cat suits, and cut her hair short. And I was like, okay. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> so, going back to Havoc, you know, so it was just a lot of niggas out there. I remember that, you know, and Foxy was out there too. And when he said that to me, I was like, well, nah, you know, like, you know, I'm, 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 you know, I'm with Smooth the Hustler and Trigger the Gambler. You know, I did, you know, do the hooks and da da da. da and I got to deal with Dev Jam, nigga. He was like, "Oh shit, word." I'm like, "Word." Like, <laughs> I got a budget and all that, nigga. Like, I'm trying to get a beat. So he was like, "All right, cool." You know, when he realized who I was, he saluted. Now I felt good because I ain't had to keep selling myself. Word, word, word. So now um, I'm living in Mater. Cause I just bought my mother a house on Mater Road, so I, you know, I'm in Mater, and and I called him up and shit, and we was chopping it up on the phone for a minute, and um, we set up a studio session in the cutting room. Shout out to Pat and them in the cutting room, and we, I, we, we in the, I'm walking the room. We got the little room, like just the, you know, the pre-production room. Mm. And I hear him in the beat. <laughs> shit crazy. This nigga about to press the lead. I grabbed his little finger. He got the little fingers. I grabbed that little finger. Stupid. I, I swear I grabbed that little finger. I was like, no. What is you doing, boy? Uh-uh. I said, nah, let that shit rock. I said, yo, add a baseline or some shit to that. And he's and 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 
that shit just fucking came to life. And I sat there, you know, and, and he looking at me like, so when you going to start writing? And I'm like, I am writing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting there, you know, and, and, and it's crazy because you hear a lot of people highlight that type of shit. And that was just something that I actually learned from my nigga Ron Wrecker. Because Ron Wrecker was nice with that shit. Like, he wrote all his shit off his head. None of his shit he ever wrote down. I'm like, how the fuck you remember it? He was like, yo, you just keep saying it over and over in your head till it till, till it makes sense. And I was like, okay. Shit. And I, and I learned how to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting in the studio and he looking at me and I'm like, I got it. And I went in that motherfucker and he was just like, what the fuck? And some of the, you know, the youngsters was there in the studio that night. Prodigy was there, God bless his soul. I think Twin was in there. There was a few niggas. They wasn't really jacking my shit too much because, you know, it was like real God body type shit I was on. And they was just on their street shit. So Havoc was, I mean, Prodigy really wasn't jacking, jacking it. The youngsters wasn't really jacking me too much either because it was just, they was really on some like, you yeah. know. Queens youngsters was on some diff you know, yeah, that's yeah, right. They was on some straight street shit. So me, you know, I was in the in the borderlines of the street shit and Nas. You know, and even at that time, niggas wasn't really jacking Nas too much because he was on that God body shit a bit. And you see he started like souping up the street shit in it. You know what I'm saying? Cause work, work. There's a difference between going gold and going platinum. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you come out, you drop Ill Mac, you go gold, Biggie come out and go fucking platinum. It's like, all right, I got to add some more yeah. street shit in this to mix it up because I'm going over niggas' heads. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Yo. I mean, me personally, I was like, I don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I'm going over niggas' heads, that's what the fuck it is. And I just always stay true to 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 being on that type of time. Like, keep you know, catch up, motherfuckers. Like, I'm not here. Listen, you don't. You can be wealthy without trying to fucking appease everybody. That's, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, fuck, I see that shit. So for me, like, I've been able to sustain myself, and I've had some some bumps in the road. But I've been able to sustain myself for 26 years in this shit because I stood true to what the fuck I do. Now, you know, I veered from the from the path a little bit pre-G-Unit era, you know, when I was doing some, you know, some work with Dangerous LLC and, you know, you know, you know, because at that point I was just like, well, shit, I'm amongst this situation. I need to take advantage of it and see how I could pivot. Of course. But, you know... Uh, the God in me knew that, that I was rebelling. You know, I was rebelling against my actual calling. So none of that shit that I ever tried to do outside of what I do ever fucking worked. And nothing that anybody ever fucking told me to do ever worked. It ain't until I started doing what I needed to do for me that really made me feel fucking good about myself is when shit started fucking working out. And for me, right yeah, 
I, I'm like, yeah, all right, cool. I got 10,000 and some odd fucking followers. A certain nigga's 20,000 and 50,000. But your blue checks is fake, nigga. And your, and, your, and your fan base is fake. And you can't even pack SOBs, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got all that fluff going on. But niggas ain't coming to the shows. Niggas not buying your fucking merch. You don't have a niche market of niggas that's that's keeping your fucking lights on. And I'm not just no artist. I'm a fucking executive. I do executive shit behind the scenes that keeps my fucking lights on just so I could do my music whichever fucking way I want to do it. <laughs> it. It's different for me. Like, I'm not compromising. I don't give a fuck. So I'm going, my mother was like, look, you need to find other things. You're very intelligent. Find other things in this business that you could do that will allow you to do whatever the fuck you want to do. So I learned how to mix. I learned how to engineer. Shout out to Nick Wiz. Um, I learned how to read contracts and, and put contracts together. I learned how to consultate artists, so on and fucking so forth. And I've been doing that for the past 10, 15 years now, just living. So for me, I put out the music. You see the type of singles I be dropping? Very unethical, because I don't give a fuck. I'm putting out whatever the fuck I want, because I know that it's not about, you know, if you aim to, to win a Grammy, most cases you won't. But if you don't give a fuck, and you create from your heartstrings, you will fuck around and create, and, and you know, be a Tyler the Creator and win a fucking Grammy. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I, I feel integrity when it's induced into the music. You know, it creates something that connects to people in a way that's spiritual. I've had people tell me I've changed their lives. I've had brothers cry to me and tell me that, shit that I've done impacted you know who they are as artists you can't pay for that I, fuck your followers nigga I've been verified before Instagram there was Christ before all this fucking social media so what the fuck I look like allowing this shit to shape and pivot how the fuck I move or design myself as a man suck my dick I don't give a fuck about none of this shit I live in my own world I move on my own dime and I'm for the people. I don't, you never hear me trying to destroy the next nigga, even if his shit is wacky as fuck. Because for me, it's like, all right, let's change the narrative. For me as an artist, because it's easy for me to tear a lot of niggas down to pull myself up. But how many niggas is really getting on for sheer talent? I don't have no fucking gimmick. I've been in a car accident, a very bad one. I didn't I didn't have my publicist publicize that shit. I was just in the fucking hospital not too long ago, almost dying from fucking COVID. I didn't put that shit on fucking social media. Thank you. The Thank fuck you. is wrong with niggas, man? Like I'm going to oh, blow. I'm in the hospital be Photo ops in the hospital got me dying in 2022, baby. My nigga, listen. I'm going to fucking blow because I'm talented. Period. And there is nobody fucking with me. Period. That's how I'm going to blow. I don't need no fucking gimmick. 
<clears throat> I don't need none of that. There is nothing anybody doing that I haven't done or can't do. Fuck out of here. There's a reason why you don't see me on a lot of niggas' records. They know better. They know better. Like, come on, bro. Like, I'm not here to speak cocky. I'm here to speak confident on what I bring to the fucking table. I, I know what I bring to the... I, don't, I stay in my lane. I don't try to be like nobody but Christ, but you see a lot of niggas trying to be Christ. But then don't want to pay homage. Didn't want to act like they just stumbled on this shit they doing. Get the fuck out of here. All that shit Kanye and everybody doing, Christ been doing that. I took the sacrifice so niggas could do the shit that they doing. You couldn't sing on records and do the shit that you hear these. Every fucking rap record that came out is it got singing on it. I control 65% of the fucking music industry without trying. The game has came to me. What I do is not so foreign any fucking more. It's not so frowned upon. It's the norm. Anymore. It's the fucking norm. It's the norm. I mean, let's, let's keep it a buck. It's the norm. I mean, like... What? 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 Niggas, you know, I'm going to keep it a bean with you. Shout out to Batman, too. I'm going to keep it a bean with you, though. Uh, niggas is really only surviving off of one frequency that I left. See, when you hear my crew can't go for that, I can pinpoint a few records that's in that same melody range. So when you go, um, do you do you wanna take a ride through the hood? Right then you go, you can find me in St. Louis rolling on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I can keep going. And everyone has been in that same octave, has been in that same key range for over 20-some years now. Everybody. So what happens is, it's like when Das Effects came with the bum stiggity. You know, motherfuckers ran it in the dirt to the point that when they did it, it wasn't as cool as it was when they, when they came out of nowhere with it because, you know, niggas abused it. I was smart enough to come up with something because I did not trust these fucking labels. I knew they were going to manufacture me in some kind of way. So I came up with a one octave melody style that I knew that if niggas ran with this, I got so many other different colors and so many different octave ranges that I could do that when I present my shit in the full spectrum, it's going to be like, oh, shit. So, yeah, the joke's on you, motherfuckers. You thought that you were going to X me out the game with your Drakes and all your other motherfuckers that you put in these positions, but they all singing on the same key octave range for the past 20-something fucking years. And now it's like everybody's waiting to see what's next. I challenge any one of you niggas, listen to anything from A Boogie, any of these melodies, and this ain't being, this is not me frowning upon, this is fucking facts. Everyone is singing in the same key. Juice World, everybody. 
I challenge anybody right now to go on fucking Spotify and put all these niggas in your playlist. It'll sound like one fucking song. Of course it does. That's what I say all the time. Of course it does. So it, when you don't know the origin of where something came from and you just taking it because you heard somebody else do it, you know, it's what they call trendy, it loses the very fiber, you know, fabric or fibers that you know, coexist in something that's authentic. You know, like a Lauren Hill. If she would have put out more albums, she probably wouldn't be as iconic as she is right now. Facts. Why? Because you'd have had mad fucking heifers trying to do the shit she was doing. Facts. So you got to understand when the creator is preserving you for that moment. And this is why I've stayed consistent. I've never took a day off in 20-something years of my career. I've never took a day off. I've never not put out anything. I've never not featured on anything. I've never took a day off. This is how loyal and, and trusting that I am to what it is that that I know is going to happen. I, I, I did it with my niggas a few years ago, and I know what sparked that shit. And it was a 100% belief. You could ask them niggas, they'd say, nah, that nigga Christ, he that nigga believes. You can't, you can't tell me shit when I believe. You know what I'm saying? Like once I believe in something, you can tell me, nigga, Scrooge McDuck got a whole barrel of money for you. I don't give a fuck, nigga. I'm staying on what I believe in, and that's what it is. Thank you. And that's why I know, and I say this with all due respect, that's why I know. In the end, I am going to be triumphant and I am going to be a unicorn, a novelty in this shit because I stuck to my fucking guns, period. Like consistency is one thing, but integrity says a lot because the, the bumps and the fucking bruises that I've took and the things that I've went through, the lies, the the the, the, the deceit the amount of motherfuckers I thought was my friends and just the bullshit I went through. You never see that in my persona. You never see that in my presentation. I don't come across as some angry nigga, you know, from back in the days looking for a fucking uh, a verbal handout or some type of fucking verbal accolade like I'm owed something. You niggas don't owe me a motherfucking thing. I, if for as much as I contributed, you never see me online talking about, yeah, I'm a legend and all you niggas will get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. I'm here for you to focus on what the fuck I'm doing in current. Fuck what I did in the past. My crew can't go fuck all that shit because it's about what I'm doing right now you need to focus on and how polished I am and how I'm still able to do this shit and sound good doing it, look good doing it at 44 years old. All right. 